Welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Experts Podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And today we're so excited to have back with us Gabriella Formosa, a divorce lawyer and mediator at Greenblatt Law here in New York. And she is here to tell us everything that you need to know that your divorce lawyer doesn't want you to know. So thank you so much, Gabriella, for coming back and giving us the inside scoop. Thank you for having me. Um, so I just wanted to say before I start talking that I am an attorney, but that the things we talk about here don't constitute legal advice. They're just for informational purposes. So, um, you know, if you're going through a divorce, contact your own lawyer, um, get advice from him or her because- Or you, if they're thinking about contemplating divorce and you live in New York City. Very true, and I will tell you similar things, and then that will be attorney advice. But right now, it is not. It's just for informational purposes. Yes, this cannot be used in court, people. Uh, so when, when you brought up the idea of doing a podcast with us about the things that your divorce lawyer doesn't want you to know, I mean, TH and I were like, you got to give us the scoop on that. Where do you even start? You know, I think when I was thinking about how to talk to you two about it, I was thinking, why don't we start from the beginning, which is the initial consultation. So that's when you're Googling people, you're trying to find someone to meet with to ultimately represent you. And that's, you know, like an interview, like a job interview. Um, and so I think that the first point that, you know, a divorce attorney wouldn't want you to know is you should interview multiple people. You should have multiple consultations and consultations, most attorneys charge for them. So, you know, that may be a deterrent financially, but I do think in the long run, it's worth it because you want to find someone who's the right fit for you. But wait, so are they charging their like normal hourly rate or do you have like a consultation fee rate? And then how long is a consultation? I got to spend a thousand dollars before I even decide who my lawyer is going to be? In some cases, yes. I mean, we charge our hourly rate for a consultation and the consultation lasts really as long as a client wants it to last. Some people an hour, some people come in and have very long stories um, or want to give you, you know, the rundown from when they first started dating until now. And so that will be a longer consultation. Um, but I think that if you, so yes, it can get very expensive, but I think it's money well spent. I mean, if you end up going on only one consultation, you know, your friend recommended this person to you, you meet with them, maybe you don't love them, but you trust your friend. So you hire them and then you get, you know, a couple months into your case and you realize, I really don't like this person. I really don't jive with them. They're not helping me. They're not listening to me. They're not my style. You will have wasted a ton more money than if you would have just shopped around a little bit and found the person that was right for you. So go ahead. So for me, I, <clears throat> before I actually secured my attorney for my divorce and I was contemplating it maybe a year prior, I had gone to, and it's all word of mouth, you know, if it worked for her, it's going to work for me. Um, and then um, that also prevented my 
ex from retaining any of those lawyers because they had those consultations with me. But the woman- Did you really do that? You were one of those people who went to go meet with people? I didn't do it for that reason. I just didn't know that that was like, a perk to pay like for the consultation. You People like legit go and meet with lawyers just yeah. to block their exes from being able right, to. Right, right. I, I didn't do it for that reason. I found out afterwards. I went in very un, like, really not knowing. So I think what Gabrielle is saying about, you know, just be careful who you pick mm-hmm. for your consultations, do your homework. It it definitely should not just be because a friend used that person which is what I ended up doing and it all worked out. I had other things that I was looking for in an attorney in addition to us getting along and feeling like I was heard by her. Um, But I should have interviewed more people at the time that I was ready to hire someone Hmm. because you're in a different mind frame. You know, before you're like, "I I just need some information you know, what, what, what does this even mean? And then when you're ready to pull the trigger, you should still interview more than one attorney. I don't know if I would have made a different decision, but I would have felt better about my decision because it took four years and a lot of freaking zeros. Um, you know, if I had just taken that extra step to interview one other person. So Gabriella, is there like a rule of thumb, like at least two, at least three, not more than four, I think it depends on you. I mean, if you're, you know, I wouldn't, I think after four people, you might want to take, if you can't pull the trigger, you might need to look internally, you know, maybe you're not ready to get divorced. Maybe right. Using the wrong people. Um, so I would, but I would say, you know, and, and sometimes, you know what, sometimes you meet someone and you know, right off the bat, this is the person for me. I feel comfortable with them. I trust them. And so then, you know, maybe you don't want to interview anyone else, but maybe one more person just to be sure. So I would say in the, you know, two, three range, um, and to, or until you find someone that you feel comfortable with, because um, it is such an intimate relationship. Right. You want to be able to, you know, people say, and I think to TH, this was kind of what you were saying, just because your friend recommends them doesn't mean they're the right person for you. You're different than your friend. Your divorce is different than your friends. And so someone could be the greatest attorney out there. If you don't feel comfortable talking to them, it's not going to matter. Right, right. And the other thing that, that just, Jessica and I have learned is that it depends what kind of divorce you think you're getting into. Right. I mean, you might start in like a very friendly arrangement, but if your attorney that you're speaking to does not deal with high conflict divorce, then, and you know that yours is high conflict, at least on your end, and it only takes one to make it to, to stir that pot, then you don't want someone who's just going to be kumbaya and let's, uh, you know, all hug at the end. I'm being right. extreme. Yeah. <clears throat> so you might need someone who's more of a shark than not. Right. Also. But okay. So what are some other things that you're divorcing? So, so, you know, the next step I think would be, so now you're, you know, you've retained someone and, or let me, let me back up. I think one of the, another things that, that I was thinking of was be careful about the yeses. So, attorneys and I think this applies to your initial consultation sometimes you'll get an attorney who will say you know they'll guess you because they want your business so 
you know, oh, you want 50-50 custody, even though you've never changed a diaper, don't know your kids' teachers, you know, have never been to a doctor's appointment, sure, I can get you that. You want all of the money because you have a better job? Sure, you, that, that's gonna work out. I'll get you 90% of everything. And some attorneys will say, yes, 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 you, you got it and promise you the world and you'll come out of there thinking, this is great. Um, even if it's just subconscious. You know, thinking like, great, they agreed with me. I have such a great feeling. They they believe in me. They know that I am right. Um, and I don't practice that way. <laughs> and I've lost clients because of that. Because I tell people, you're not getting that. It's, it's not going to work for you. That's not a winning. That's not a winning case. Um, and my husband says to me, like, you're going to lose business that way. And I'll say, okay, what, it's better that than an unhappy client who I promised the world. Right, who, by the way, is going to talk shit about you when they're done. Like, she sucks. That's right. No, seriously. It's like word of mouth references. It's the same. Everything. Like word of mouth, you know, people that are, you know, bad references and, and like stay away from that. So I feel like at the end that could be more damaging. So right. if it sounds too good to be true, then you might want to just look into it a little better. Yeah. Um, at least maybe just, you know, gut check yourself or just know that in the back of your head. Hey, this is a, you know, this is a business transaction like any other. You're, you know, they want, an attorney wants your business and you're in there. You want something. They want to be able to give it to you. Mm -hmm. So I think THU summed it up really well. Like if it seems too good to be true, maybe it is. And I think that that's a hard thing to do when you're in a really emotional place because that's what you want. You want someone to take down your ex and you're hearing that someone's gonna take down your ex for you. So you're gonna sign on the dotted line. So I guess, you know, to that end, maybe a tip is you don't have to sign the retainer agreement right away. You know, you can oh, say, okay. this is great let me just think about it and no one's going to be offended take a minute before you get into this really important relationship and think about what it is that they had to say to you and whether or not you think it's too good to be true i could see people that i know thinking like you need to sign the retainer right then and there like you go in you have the consultation you are like i could see some people feeling pressured about that well also people who are just I mean, there are times when I'm like this, when I just, I just want to get it done. Yeah. I want my lawyer. I want this done. I'm ready to mobilize. Let's go. No, wait. So let's so, do it. Just so don't sign anything yet. Even though, Gabrielle, you're saying you don't have to sign the retainer right away. Totally fair. Great tip for people. Like, take a moment and think about it. Are you saying if you go in there and you feel like this great vibe, for whatever reason, you totally jive with this person, is the tip under no circumstances to sign the retainer right then and there and to make sure you think for about at least for 24 hours or are there times where you're like okay look if you really feel comfortable that's okay give a hard and fast rule because you know if you do feel super comfortable you might just want to ask yourself why you feel comfortable is it because you've been promised the world or is it because you feel like you have a connection with this person um and in that case you know i might even say um if you feel like you know what you want to sign the retainer agreement right then and there maybe say email it to me and i'll sign it at home so okay. that you're not you know waiting two days but you are able to just at least walk, take a subway, take a cab, go home and, and sign. Process. Fair enough. Yeah. Process. Process. 
Okay. All right. What else? Right. Um, so another thing is, so you're, you know, in the case, you can get a second opinion. And I think this goes to- Once you've already hired your divorce lawyer? Right. I, you can, of course, I mean, it's, it's another consultation, right? Um, it's just, you've already, you already have an attorney. Okay. And you're working with them. And maybe, you know, you keep saying to your attorney, I want to do this. I want to do this. And right. they're saying to you, that's a terrible idea. I'm not, I, I, I advise you against that, or we can't do this for X, Y, Z reasons. Now, if you trust your attorney, you trust your attorney, you're going to go with them. But if you have this nagging feeling of, I feel like we should pursue it, then it doesn't hurt to go have a midway through your case consultation with another attorney. Sit down with them and say, look, I have another attorney. This is where we are in the case. This is what her advice is. What do you think about that advice? Now, of course, they're going to want you as a client, so keep that in mind, right? They're going to be thinking, okay, maybe this person's looking to switch. But it's, you know, like a doctor. If a doctor's telling you, you need the surgery, you need the surgery, and your gut's telling you, maybe I don't need it, you get a second opinion. Yeah, but you haven't given them a $25,000 retainer. Yes, but you're... It's, it's your health, so it's really important. And this is your life, so it's really important. Right. Um, so, and again, it's the consultation fee. It's another whatever it is, that new lawyer's hourly rate. And maybe they'll tell you, I think your attorney's doing the right thing. I've told people that before. They've come to me and said, said I have another attorney. And I've said, you know what? Like, I think they're right. I, maybe I tweak this or do this, but I think you're in good hands. Here's a question though. Do you tell your existing attorney that you've gone to have a consultation as you would with your doctor? You're going to say to the doctor, you know what? Thank you for that. I hear you telling me I need to have the surgery. I'm just going to go get a second opinion. Are you saying that to your lawyer? I think that you can. And I've had clients, I just had a client um, say that to me. She said, that she had a friend. I don't, I don't know if this is true, right? She could have had another consultation who's a matrimonial attorney. And she asked, um, you know, if we were doing X, Y, Z and, you know, then of course she felt very guilty and she wrote me this whole email. Like, I really trust you. I just was having this conversation with her. And I said, I look, I'm not offended. And it doesn't mean that your attorney or the other attorney is right or wrong. There are a lot of different ways to do things. And so she told me this and we discussed it. And at the end of the day, actually what her friend was telling her was not so far off from what we were doing. So it, you know, it gave her peace of mind. Um, but I wasn't offended at all. And the truth is, I guess this is another secret that your attorney might not tell you is that, you know, maybe hearing that makes your attorney like wake up and think, okay, maybe I need to really consider this angle or maybe I need to give my client a little more attention. And so it it could be beneficial to you. People on their toes. That way. Well, I was going to say, you know, you're talking about, Jess brought up about, you know, do you tell your current lawyer? I mean, I think one of the things I wish I knew is that you should not be afraid to tell your lawyer anything. Like if you want to call them out on something, you can't be afraid to call your lawyer out. You're paying them a lot of money. They work for you and they're there for you. 
So if something's bothering you that you don't like that's happening or whatever, you cannot be afraid. If you're uncomfortable talking to your lawyer about it, then it might not be the right lawyer because then you're, you're, you're trapped by your lawyer and by your ex and by his lawyer. Yeah. But there's something about talking to your lawyer about, Oh, this is the strategy that you're suggesting. And like, yeah, I really want the custody, but I don't know that I want to like, you know, bash my ex in order to get it versus saying to your attorney, I'm questioning what you're saying to me and I'm going to go talk to somebody else behind your back. And no, you do it in front of their face. I I just, I don't think think talking, being comfortable talking to your attorney isn't necessarily the same as the comfort level, like telling them you're going to go meet with somebody else and ask other questions about what you're doing. You don't have to say it up front, but you shouldn't be afraid in general to challenge your lawyer. You shouldn't, but the caveat of that is there is a reason that you're hiring a lawyer and not doing the divorce yourself. And so I have clients- That's a podcast. Will say to me, I want you to do this. And I'll say to them, and this is, and this kind of goes back to the finding a lawyer who will yes you. So, you know, again, it's not all of these rules don't apply to every situation, but sometimes I'll have a client who wants to take a position that I think is terrible for their case, will be disastrous to them. And I know this because this isn't my first divorce. It's my hundredth divorce and it's their first divorce. And so they're really going to make a mistake. And so they'll push me and push me. And they, I'm saying no, no, no. And so if I would say yes, then that's going to be detrimental to their case. So it's, it's, it's a balance. I do think you can push back. You should push back and you should make your voice heard, not be afraid to do that. But at the same time, you, you know, you want to have a relationship where you do recognize that your lawyer has done this a lot more than you have. And that there's, and that they're maybe not just guessing you to death. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be contentious, but you shouldn't be afraid to be like, I just, I still don't understand. I don't understand why this doesn't work. And you have to be able to take in what you're saying, like what you're saying, Gabrielle, you have to be able to, you hired this lawyer to represent you for your future and what's in your best interest. You have to take in the advice that you're paying for. Right. And if you're really against it, then it's not a good match, but you have to be able to take it in, but you have to be able to put stuff out there too. Right. Right. The balance. Yeah. Um, Before we wrap up, any other good tips about what your lawyer doesn't want you? Oh, go ahead, Sage. Um, What about negotiating with your lawyer? In terms of your hourly fee? Fees. I think that there are a lot of lawyers out there who will negotiate their fees or at the very least negotiate a retainer. So a lot of lawyers ask for a large chunk of money up front Mm -hmm. um, and some people don't have that. So, you know, you can, you you don't have to walk away. That's not going to preclude you from working with them. Again, this being a lawyer, that's a business. They want your business. And so you don't, you shouldn't be afraid to say, look, $20,000 is a lot up front. Can we work on a payment plan? Can we, um, you know, structure our deal so that the associate works on more time uh, or the, the matter? Can you, you know, cut me a deal on your rate? And those things add up in terms of saving you money. And it's, it's, it's negotiable. I mean, and if a lawyer says to you, no, it's not negotiable. Okay. So then you can find another one or you can find a way to pay. It's not, you know, you shouldn't be afraid. Again, I kind of think this is the, the, maybe the unintentional theme of this, 
that you're the one in charge. This is, you know, this is your case. This is your life. And so I think sometimes I guess the concept of a lawyer can be, you know, really big and people get nervous. But I think at the end of the day, you just have to, you know, be confident in yourself and recognize that this is someone that you're hiring. Right. Not right. Aware. right. Um, that's last minute tidbits. I guess my final tidbit, just to come full circle of the case, is you can fire your lawyer at any time if you don't like them or if they're, you know, the fee structure changes and you can't afford it or your bill's getting astronomical. You don't need a reason to leave. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that. As simple a concept as it is, sometimes people think, like, well, I started with this person, I'm stuck with them. Right. But you're free to, free to leave at any time. What happens to all the work they've done? That's all the paperwork and everything. Do you do you own that because they worked on it for you or do does the lawyer own it? So um, it, it depends. Your file will go with you. And so your file is, you know, anything that was filed in court, any motion papers, if there are motion papers, statement of net worth, documents, emails. But um, things that are attorney work product, they own. So notes or, you know, if I've gone through your discovery documents and I've made charts of things, um, that doesn't go with you. That stays with us. But like all the bank statements you have to print out and all that stuff that you handed over, they can give it to you to go somewhere else. You don't have to do all that work again. They have to give it to you. Okay, so, good. But then your new person has to like redo all of that analysis. So you are definitely starting over. Right, right. You it's are, right. Unless it's already filed. I, I mean, they have to review it. It depends what stage in the process you're sure. Right, right. right. Okay. You don't have to Great. unhappy relationship twice. <laughs> right, divorce your divorce lawyer. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So anybody who's listening who wants more information from you to contact you, reach you directly, what are the best ways for them to get in touch with you? Um, you can go to our website, which is greenblattlawllc.com, um, or you can email me directly. My email address is a bit long, but it's Gabriella at greenblattlawllc.com. So it's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A at G-R-E-E-N-B-L-A-T-T-L-A-W-L-L-C.com. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all that would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X-Experts, that's E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening.